With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Line of the Sweetie Podcast, episode 91. My name's Will Jones and joining me tonight, Mr Tom Jenkins. Hello Tom. Hi Will, nice to speak to you again so quickly after the last one of course. And you, I can't believe how quickly we managed this. but um, uh, Organisations. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also on tonight is James Jarvis. Hi James. Right Will, I can't believe we've actually got some consistency here now. I know, can you believe it? We were only talking about inconsistently last time, weren't we? Um, and making his, yeah. debut, <laughs> making his debut tonight, Mr. Ian Rosbottom. How are we, Ian? Oh, I'm excited to be here, lads. I'm excited to be here, part of the team. Good stuff, good stuff. Meant to join us last time, but obviously, technical faults, you know, they always get in the way, don't they? But anyway. Oh, wait, when you try and use your speaker as a microphone, it's incredible that it doesn't work. <laughs> Temperamental, to say it the yeah. least. Technology these days. <laughs> well, we're back. Can you believe it? Um, there isn't that big a turnout as we're expecting tonight, but I can't say I'm disappointed with what we do have. Um, so we'll just get cracking and see where it takes us. So what we'll start with is the release list has been announced in this past week. Um, so from what I can gather, there's been seven departures so far. That includes Derek, Dorian DeVete, Chris Taylor, Mark Howard, Jem Karachan, uh, Obasi, Jan Kirkhoff and Jeff King. Um, we'll start off with Jeff King because that's a bit of an interesting one. Um, he seemed to announce himself that he was leaving and he wasn't actually part of that release list. Um, Tom, were you surprised to hear that? Very. I think I think it could be something that comes uh, back to, to bite us in the arse later on. Uh, he, he looked like a, a very accomplished player at that, at that youth level. Obviously, was one of the few uh, to make it into the first team starting against Bristol City of memory serves and in the cup against West Ham. And by all accounts, giving quite a good showing. Yeah, uh, so I, I was very surprised to hear that, that he'd been released. Uh, I understand it from his point of view that he needs to be playing regular football, and one can only imagine that the conversation must have been that Parky fancies possibly four other centre midfielders ahead of him. But uh, I don't know how old he is. I think he's around 22, 23 at this point. I think he's got to be out playing some regular game time if he can't do it at Bolton. I just hope that he doesn't become a John Walters esque success and come back and. Uh, and haunt us in future years. Yeah, I understand. Um, so we sort of established that it, it came as a massive surprise. James, would you say that it was probably the right thing for the lad, or would you have liked to have kept hold of him and you know risk perhaps you know not playing him as often, but still having him as an asset? It see, it's real. It's a really tricky one because he he isn't really that experienced, and probably from what little I've seen, then he does look a very tidy, creative player, but. In, you've also got to kind of consider that the league he's playing at, the the under-23 league he's playing at, isn't with the likes of the Chelsea's and the Arsenal academies who have their top, who have the top 
you're in an upper tier of divisions. So it it begs the question whether he is actually able to make championship level. I don't know. I thought he could, personally. I definitely thought he could. And I, I thought next season he'd be the player to fill in that creative gap that I, I talked about last week. But... I, I don't know. I, I think I'm hoping it doesn't bite us in the ass. But then again, that's kind of wishing bad for the lad's career, and I, I really don't. I really want him to do well. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that he's gone. I think, but obviously, there's potential there, and if he can't fulfil it here, you know, if he's not in Parkinson's plans, then that can't be helped. And Ian, what do you make of that? It's, it's a weird one. Like, has he ever had like any loan spells out? Because I can't remember him ever. Kind of playing any regular football. I didn't realise he's like 23. I believe so, he was at uh, FC United and Manchester at the end of last season. Uh, yeah, there was a video doing the rounds of him scoring an incredible goal for them earlier in the year. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a funny one that, like, that we don't actually have many good passing midfielders, especially when we lost Josh Cullen and he still never got his chance. So, I mean, it's always one of them where I always thought he looked a tidy player, but you don't see what they see on the training ground. but yeah, I mean, I think cool. it it was probably the right decision to for him to go because if he was going to get a chance, he would have got one last season. If Parky doesn't fancy him, then yeah, then 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 he should go. But like 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 um, what are you just saying that it it could come back to us, and if it does, like we're we're just going to be banging our heads against the wall and we're watching Prattley and Henry pass <laughs> sideways or lump it lump it at Adam Mufonda next season. Yeah, of course. I mean. You know, I, I hope he does well for himself, but at the same time, I hope it doesn't come back to bite us. But um, we'll, we'll just have to see where, where where his career takes him. Really, um, just just what you what you mentioned then quickly. In um, we did touch on Josh Cullen last week. Um, obviously, he was one of the ones who left us last Christmas. Um, mm. Obviously, there was no signs of him coming back. Um, you seem to think that he, you know, had, had the potential. You know, he, he showed some sort of promise. Um, you know, I'm sure a couple of others will disagree with you. I mean, there, there was a, a brief argument last weekend, you know, that he, he didn't really impress at all or that he just wasn't given enough game time. But would he be one that you'd possibly be interested in this summer? Because I've heard that he is, you know, set to be released by West Ham. But, um, you know. I'd, I'd take it. I thought he started off really, really badly. And, like, then he, he had a nightmare game against the Brentford at home, mm. which was one of the worst games I've seen. And I kind of think he got. He got benched after that, and then he started looking a bit better just before he went back. He had a couple of good games. Did he, did he play against Sheffield United? He did. He was, he was fantastic, fantastic that day. Yeah, really, he had really a game, and we lost him straight away. And like in that second half of the season, I thought we really lacked a passing midfielder. Like you know, when the form really started to go down, mm. you, I, I think we lacked a player like Cullen. So I, I would be interested in coming back. He's he's probably in our wage bracket. We seem to have a good relationship with West Ham. Um, so I'd, I would I would take him again. Uh, obviously, Parky, he was also like, we're going to have Parky in charge again next season. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that's pretty much a given. Um, and I think most people would agree with you with that. Um, yeah, t- Tom, do you have any opinions on Jeff King? Uh, sorry, Jeff King, Josh Cullen. Um, I can't remember what, which side of the argument you were on last week, actually. Uh, I mean, I thought he was very poor most of the time at, at his spell at Bolton. What irritated me about him was the fact that he looked thoroughly lightweight in pretty much all of the games that he played up until that Sheffield United match where he took the game on the strip of the neck. You know, he, he always had the passing qualities and he showed them in that game. But what he also showed was desire. 
and the ability to fight. I mean, you're up against, when you play Sheffield United, you're up against the likes of John Fleck, who is a nasty piece of work, who, as you saw when we played them in League One, put, you know, put that elbow in on Tom Thorpe. Yeah. The guy knows how to win midfield battles and come more than matches in that game was one of the big reasons why we won it. So if he can channel that kind of performance more often, he's definitely a championship player who could really, really help us. But the problem is, it reeked of a Johan Amanda situation where he realised he wasn't going to get uh, renewed at the club and so desperately wanted to try and show that he was capable of doing something. But it was far too late by that point. Mm, of course, Elmanda there's a wash from the past. <laughs> um, well, you, if you notice, Johan Elmanda's last season, he scored those 11 goals. was unplayable a lot of the time. But then the first yeah. two years that he was at Bolton, when he was being paid and he knew he had two years left on his contract, he was awful. Absolutely abysmal. Yeah. <laughs> so he just... He, so we'll go back to the actual release list. Um, so obviously Jeff King sort of announced himself that he was departing on Twitter. Um, but the ones who definitely won't be making a return officially. Um, Derek, are we surprised at that? I mean, I know that he, he's been poor and not really in the team selections, you know, towards the end of the season. Um, are we sad to see him go? Are we surprised? I'm not surprised. I, I, I think he's sort of a player that I really wanted to like, but he just never fulfilled what we hoped he'd be. I think we all hoped he'd be that Campo-esque holding midfielder that could that could play with the ball, and he just never really delivered for me. Tom, would you agree with that? I think Derek has always been a player that I liked, but um, we know, as I said last week, with Spanish central defenders, they always come to this country and either don't play well or they get converted into holding midfielders. And uh, Derek certainly had the passing ability to be able to be a successful holding midfielder, but didn't really have the ability to fight that you need. You know, the likes of Carl Henry and Darren Bradley have made careers at this level mm. by being able to battle. And Derek was a bit too lightweight to make that role his own, in my opinion. Yeah, of course. James, what would you have anything to say on that? Uh, honestly, I think a move back to Spain is probably best for him, whether that's in some low-ranked La Liga team or some Segunda team. It's probably for the best. I don't think he was ever going to adapt to English football. As soon as I saw him this season in that Pike team, yeah. again, I wanted to like him. I wanted to be like the Campo Hierro role, but he only showed that one out of every seven or eight games, and you just can't have that kind of inconsistent in the team, especially when you're battling at the lower end of the table. I mean, he was constantly being, you know, swapped and changed about, you know, whether he, whether he was a holding midfielder, whether he was a centre-half, you know, but he obviously just didn't settle into that team and I don't think he was one of Parky's favourites particularly. Um, you know, I may be wrong in saying that, but I just obviously think it, it hasn't worked for him, unfortunately, but um, yeah, we'll wish him well. Um, there's a couple of... Is he one of the team my girlfriend fancies? So, yeah. <laughs> He's got that. It's yours. You're welcome that he's gone then. Don't let Derek's girlfriend yeah. find out. She'll come after her. Yeah, finally. Finally, I can sleep safely at night now. <laughs> um, there was a couple on there who I don't think many people will be surprised at. Um, Chris Taylor. Um, Hallelujah. No, oh, I know. <laughs> um, Jan Kirchhoff, maybe. He's only played a couple of games. and you know, we, I don't think anyone really expected him to come back. Um, and Obasi, an absolute club legend. I think everyone can agree. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Certainly following in JJ's footsteps, didn't he? Oh, he will be. He will be sorely missed. Absolutely. How did he not make that Nigeria World Cup squad? Absolute <laughs> player. <laughs> um, but one. Uh, that I, mate, sorry, go on in. I was to say, my mate from the um, the Roker report said on Kirchhoff when we signed him, 
He said he's a brilliant player, but his hamstrings are made of wet Rizzler paper, so you'd never get him on the pitch. Yeah. It's a shame, though, isn't it? Because in the times that he did play, I always thought he looked very composed on the ball. And with that physical presence, he got the best of both worlds to play holding midfield. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you're not wrong. I mean, what was it, four appearances in total? The, the guy just can't stay fair, can he? From what I agree. If, yeah, if he could have stayed fair, I would absolutely have him. No question, but like, you can't. Again, it's just another risk that we can't take at this point. We want to try and dip, move forward so we're not just fighting relegation battles constantly. Yeah, I mean, I never saw him play, but from what I heard, you know, he definitely had the ability. It's just obviously the, the fitness aspect was an issue. Um, one yeah. player that I was surprised to hear left, um, Mark Howard. You know, obviously played a part of the, the final game of the season. Um, you were surprised? Because I wasn't. I, I was to an extent, oh, just because he, he's been right. obviously a, you know, a, a set team member throughout the season, and although he's not played as much as Anik, um, I half expected him to keep hold of both keepers. Because um, I think, as we discussed in our, our chat you know, the other day, that perhaps the keeper wouldn't be top of Parkinson's list this summer, but um, obviously we'll have to go looking unless you consider the likes of Jake Turner for a, a first-team place. That's exactly what I thought would happen this uh, this coming season. I, I thought they'd finally promote Turner to second-choice keeper, and unless he, they want to run Ben Amos' final year, I think that's what's going to be happening. Mm. Tom, would you agree with that? It does seem that way. It, 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 Parker doesn't seem to me the kind of person who would take a decision like that lightly, mm. um, as in get rid of a goalkeeper without having either a replacement lined up or be willing to promote from within. And I think based on his performances uh, for Charlton this season, Ben Amos could well see himself being worked back in yeah. to the fold. I mean, he's on far too much money for us to <laughs> either have sitting on a bench or to loan him out with minimal contributions from his um, loan club. Yeah. So it, it looks like he may well have found his way back into the team. Mm. Ian, do you have anything to add to that? I, I basically just agree with the, the last point. I think that it, if we, I don't think it will be hard for us to get rid of him and to get another club to pay his wages. So I assume that they're just they're going to use him. Mm. The parties to use him. I mean, obviously he was offloaded to Charlton on loan last season and supposedly had a, they, a quite incredible last game of the season from what from what I saw. Um, but obviously, it seems like it could potentially be another integral part of our, our squad next season. Yeah, Charlton um, absolutely fancy having him back, but whether they can afford him is a different story. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's where his headset, though, Ben Amos. Yeah. If he comes back, would his head be right with us, or would he still try and push that move to Charlton? I mean, I think I don't know, your, head, your head's got to be in the game wherever you are. I think, but um, no, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think that. You know, Amos could definitely do a job, and as he proved in his first loan spell, and I know he wasn't as um, impressive second time round, but you know, as has been the case with a couple of other players who've you know been loanies and then become permanents. But um, well, the issue with Amos was always that he could never save anything that was from outside of his box, and if he could rectify that, he was always a useful goalkeeper. But yeah. I just have vid nightmares about Matt Phillips lining up that shot on QPR. <laughs> straight at him and it going in and it just seemed as though you took a part shot and it was a goal regardless uh, I, that was just something that I could never get over either you just thought if someone ever lined it up from outside you know the, the box it, it was you know destined to go in it made you worry it made you worry as a fan it did and particularly with his passing you know, obviously graduate through the United Academy and so on um, but obviously every, every, every has a weakness but you know you know what's going to happen don't you He's going to have a great season and he's going to yell at Alandros. He's going to leave us. <laughs> so he's going to have to leave us drive for three years or whatever. 
I'm going to be crying when he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't think any love would be lost, particularly if he wants to leave now, just because I think we've sort of accepted that he hasn't been, you know, an integral squad member for, for a few seasons now. But, I mean, I think at the same time, everyone would welcome him back. Um, but, you know, we'll just have to see with that one. Um, we'll, we'll have a look at transfer rumours, shall we? Um, although there hasn't been many, um, from what I've seen on Twitter, um, Mr Nixon, what's his usual tricks, um, told us not the other day that um, Cardiff were after another striker. Um, seems like he was after, one knocks after another big striker, um, and there was a couple of people in the comments who were suggesting that Medine was maybe being pushed out or that he, he already offered that. Does that mean that we are tempting fate and Gary Medine is coming back, boys? Maybe not straight away, but it's our nostalgia sign. He's always seems to come back in January, so maybe keep the rumour going till around then. Yeah, he's not a Premier League player. Like he's not. He's just not gonna do it in the Premier League. I, you know, I put money on that. Like, and he would fit back with us. Like, I, I always have a suspicion with him. Like, because he's he's got all these like links to Gateshead. I think he's a bit like Sammy Amiobi. I wonder if he he really has settled in down south. Well, we all know that he liked going out for a drink back up in Gateshead and stuff like that. So I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if it came out that he's maybe not really settled down in Cardiff and, and might be happy to come back up north. I mean, from what I heard, he was on FaceTime to the players, you know, it, it, in the celebrations, at, you know, at, at some point. Um, so there's obviously still some sort of a connection there. But, you know, whether or not he's destined to come back, it's just, you know, remains to be seen. Um, something else that Nixon has said, though, is that Parkinson supposedly has a budget for a new striker this season. Um, would anyone as to hazard a guess as to who he might be after or who that could possibly? You know, well, knowing Nixon, he wants to peddle the Jordan Rhodes rumor, doesn't he? No, uh, which, which is never <laughs> yeah. going to happen. It's yeah. never going to happen. You know, we, how many summers has it been now since we've been linked with with Jordan Rhodes? I mean, we, we can't afford the guy. Simple as that. Not, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure. I want Twenty-seven summers. That's how long it's been. <laughs> no, that one seems to have jagged on forever. I mean, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind having him, but again, I can't see it happening. James, could you? No, I couldn't see it happening. It'd be a big target, man, wouldn't it? Uh, I'm just trying to think who, who, who who's come down championship or who's around that league who we could get. Like, maybe, <laughs> like, I don't know, Peter Crouch or something. Or... <laughs> He's not exactly a target, man, but I'd take David McGoldrick. I think he's available on a free... That's another one that's been mentioned, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. I believe. I don't, I don't know with McGoldrick because he seems like he's a very useful player, but he's got the bit of the Ann Kirchhoff about him and that he can't stay fit for very long. Yeah. Right. Again, can we afford to invest what I would imagine would be a substantial amount of our wage budgets on a player who could only play half the matches if we're full? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, obviously we were after that Kramer as well in in January. Um, I don't know where he's ended up. Going or whatever, but he got sacked, didn't he? For, he got for his, what's his name? Oh, uh, yeah. The ball back, but no, was it? Yeah. Oh, rate him so much for that hero. Make sure you kick down the, the former Man United players. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So we we mentioned uh, during the week, didn't we, about the possibility of Newhue, given that he's out of contract on Wednesday. Yeah, I heard that num- that name floating about. Um, obviously, he's been linked with us a couple of times. Um, yeah, I could definitely see Parky signing, but personally, from what I've, whenever I've seen him play Sheffield Wednesday, sorry, whenever I've seen us playing against Sheffield Wednesday, he's looked awful. 
He's, he's not a good player. I'm sorry, 176 games, because I was looking this up when we were talking about it. 176 games, 30 goals. That's awful for a striker at this level. Yeah, I mean, he might have had a decent end of the season, but again, out of contract. So playing how, many for a contract. how many crap strikers does Sheffield Wednesday have? Do you stop pile them? Stephen Fletcher, Nuku. Yeah, Hooper. We were after him for a while, weren't we? Well, take him, but again, I can actually, could actually see us taking any one of those three from Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> well, Stephen Fletcher used to be a decent striker, and then I remember him, uh, when we beat them at home, he was absolutely awful. I mean, the, the, the talk about just going downhill. Yeah. I'll say none of them are exactly sort of making the imagination run wild, are they? No, um, and we haven't got any concrete names as to yet. It's you know who who that might be, but you know someone who's always been kind of you know on the boundary of potentially signing for us um, over the last couple of seasons. Chungi, is he going to come back? We touched on this last week. Still don't know if it's going to happen, but what do we think? I hope so. I really, really hope so. Like you said, especially with the release of Jeff King, I just I'm begging for a creative midfielder, and if we can get Chungi, I'd be. I'd be elated. <laughs> yeah, Tom. He's obviously a fantastic player who everyone at this club loves because he was just so good for us. You know, getting him to the unexpected uh, when, when he first joined, he, he was, there was no fanfare or anything, and he, he turned to one of our most influential players. It all comes down to finance, of course, but yeah. if, if we do have to blow most of our budget on one player, I think he would probably be worth it. Sim- yeah. Simply because, as well, regardless of the ability, you get someone who cares about the, about the club. Yeah, I mean, Chris labelled him an emotionally satisfying signing if, if he was to return. Ian, would you say that it, it would just be an outright good signing or perhaps is it another decoy, you know, a, a shiny distraction or, you know, would it just be a, a, a brilliant addition? It's, it's really hard to say with players like that because because he's played so little football since he's left us. It, it could be a bit like a Zach Clough situation when he comes back and he's, he's completely ring up. What is he... 30-odd now? It'd be a big risk if it's a lot of money. I, I don't see it, actually. I, I, I would like it, but I don't see it happening. I think it will be too much money for the risk. Is, is all about it. I actually think the opposite. I think it's um, a one of the more likely signs, especially because um, compared to Clough, Chungi's a, a more beefier player. He's much better in the air. I think Parker would actually quite fancy him if if he's looked back on any of my previous games. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was our side that actually let the move down last time. I believe it was Palace because they couldn't get names through the door and then by the time they had it, it was too late. But um, yeah, It was the injury to Bakary Sacco that scuppered it. That was the night yeah. yeah, it was. Typical, but... It just um, depends, like, what, what sort of money you got at Palace and, like, whether we could... I mean, he must be on 30 grand a week at Palace. I would say so, yeah. yeah. I think he's taking the pay cut regardless of where he goes, I think. So it depends whether he would actually fit in our wage budget or how much of a pay cut he wants to take. Yeah. Well, it seems well, ridiculous that a player of that quality can't get into South Korea's squad. And he, he's got some reputation rebuilding to do. And uh, going back to a club where you know that you're loved is only, you know, it seems like a pretty short far way of being able to do that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an element of risk, I'd say, with, with him coming back, but I think there wouldn't be pretty much any other better place to, you know, rebuild his name, to be honest. At the very least, we'd, give, we'd have some patience with him to try and regain his form, I think. Or at least I'd like to hope so. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. But, um, 
Yeah, so earlier, I went on Twitter and, um, you know, went out to the public and just said, look, have you got anything to ask us? Because, well, not that we're short of things, but obviously it's a surprise how quickly we've managed to reorganise one of these. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll get some topics who, which we perhaps wouldn't have um, initially covered. So, first question comes from Steve Connolly, former writer of ours. Um, he said, what should the stadium be called if we don't have a sponsor for next season? Anyone got a shout for that? Anderson Arena. Arena. Sports Shield Arena. <laughs> Super Agent Stadium. Carl <laughs> Arena. Can we get a stand named after us? Get a line of the end suite stand. We've already got a box, haven't we? Whatever it is. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Because, of course, that was all down to us. Ken's <laughs> <laughs> Coliseum. All right. Well, we, we, could, we could always claim it. You know, there's always a uh, Who, who'd be averse to um, just having it be called the Reebok again? That's what I'm saying. I'd love that. Just, I yeah. mean, it's always going to be known as that, isn't it? But I, I doubt that Reebok could ever officially, you know, take that or take up, take you up on that offer. But um, can't, can't we just spell it slightly different? So more with the C instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that no, I, I wouldn't mind it just being like the Bolton Wanderers Stadium, you know, something like that. But. Do you think they'd try and choose some emotionally satisfying name, like the new Burnden or something? Oh, <laughs> or... yeah. Not possibly, yeah. As, as long as it's nothing to do with the betting company, I can probably get behind it. Yeah. I'll just say it's going to be a betting company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, let's not tempt fate. <laughs> <laughs> Next question comes from David Crumpton. Uh, he says, any ex-Wanderers players you'd like to see realistically come back? Duke would be a good signing if we could tempt him. Any opinion? I would agree with that one, yeah. certainly. I'd definitely take it. Uh, well, the obvious names are the ones that are in the Premier League, like Gary Cale and Marcos Lonzo and Aaron Murray, but let's be realistic. Yeah, I mean, one who I'd like <laughs> to see tricky, back. obviously, Medine. Yeah, one who I'd like to see back, and I mentioned him last week, Jace Deary. Um, not the most popular of choices, but I think he could definitely do a job for us. Would certainly be popular with me. I always liked Joe Spearing. He, he he was exactly the kind of midfielder that I think we needed. Another John Fleck type, a nasty piece of work in the midfield. Definitely. I mean, we've already got you know one knackered soul who runs around like that and kicks up to our people. But you know, there's no harm in having two, is there? No. Uh, wasn't there one um, that we mentioned earlier this week? The possibility of uh, John Walters making a return. No, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that actually. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't forgive him. I'm afraid I, I wouldn't be able to get behind it, no matter how useful he'd be. I don't see it happening. Anyway. I don't think he'd want to come back here. It reminds me of a no, crazy. There's a bit too much animosity, I think, at this point, isn't there? Possibly, but you know. What ever happened to Chris Basham? He was a title of United, isn't he? Yeah. Did he get in that? Isn't he? Isn't he their club captain or something? Yeah. he's I'm not sure if he's club captain. He's certainly a fairly regular player in their team. Mm. I think we're just getting back. He's, he's, I always thought he was a good player. I don't think Wilder will be doing us any favours with that one, to be honest. But, <laughs> but he's certainly he's versatile and will be able to do a job in either midfield or centre half. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next one. Go on. Go on, Ian. I was just going to say Oscar Freckle as well, but he went to Belgium, didn't he? He did, yeah. He's a tiny fullback. Yeah, he was alright. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him back, to be honest. But um, there was a left back who, who went a couple of seasons ago to Doncaster. Can anyone? Tyler Garrett. That's him. Um, oh, yeah. 
wouldn't mind. I think he ended up at Eastleigh if memory serves on loan, and then it might have been permanent. I don't think the move to Doncaster worked out very well. Right. Uh, if we want a left back back, I want um, Jedi back. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony <Jay> Robinson. <laughs> uh, I hope that does, you know, pull through because you know he, he was brilliant this season. And yeah. well, Sam's not there anymore, so hopefully a new manager can do us a favour. I mean, I don't understand if Everton wanted to keep him. You know, I think he could definitely do a job even at Premier League level, but. Um, you know, we'll see. Next question comes from Philip Shortland, and he says, "Who are your guests?" <laughs> well, Philip, we've got <laughs> Tom, Ian, and James. Yeah, I, I'm what? James. Follow me at Real James Jarvis. Cheeky plug. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anyone viewing my Twitter, so I'm not. Even, I'm not going to plug it. <laughs> I think you might actually be on about the fact that I mentioned last week that we would do a couple of guests. Um, so, from what I can gather from that, he may be talking about um, our competition winner, Toy Rothwell, who was due to come on tonight, actually. Um, I had messaged him earlier, but he wasn't available tonight, so we'll, we'll get him on for you, uh, Philip, at some point soon. Um, we were also given a, a suggestion this week, actually, as well. Um, which included getting um, Stumpeg on, otherwise known as Kneepeg. Um, and she's also been requested to join the podcast at some point, so I'm sure you will see her appear at some point too. Um, Mark Isles also makes the you know regular appearance, so you know, I'm sure we'll get him on at some point as well too. Um, next one, Carl Magoofy, I think. If I'm, I'm sorry if I've ruined your name. Um, what are the chances of us signing David McGoldrick? We did touch on this earlier, but what yeah. do we think? I think it, I think it's well. He's he's in the right kind of bracket of players that we could get. So I think I think that one's a, a highly possible if if there's interest on both sides. Mm. Mm. I think from his side, he said he, I, I wouldn't understand why he would not be interested in joining us. He, he recognises, I'm sure. That uh, up front we only have really. I'm discounting Wilbraham in this uh, to one striker who is able to, um, you know, call himself a first team regular at this point. So he wouldn't struggle for game time if he could stay fit. And mm-hmm. I think from his side, there'd definitely be interest. So uh, it looks to me like one that could possibly happen. Yeah, I mean, the deal was supposed. Certainly, to oh, go on. Sorry, um, the deal was supposedly quite close last January. I mean, I heard at some point that he was actually at the stadium, but I think that was a bit of a. A parody thing, but um, James, no go on. What were you going to say? That's say so I certainly wouldn't mind him, especially if he stops him scoring against us. He certainly yeah, liked yeah. doing that for it, which didn't he? Did indeed. Yeah, but no, I think we missed out on him. We also missed out on a Josh McGuinness, I believe, from Charlton. Yeah, I think that was also a parody thing, but it, it seemed you know one of our typical targets. But um, obviously that didn't materialise. He's he's another one with like a really average goal scoring record for like League One, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think it just sums up what Parky's interested in. He's more interested in what they can do for other teammates more so than their goal output. I think I think Medine having a purple patch where he scored goals was a happy accident because he would have been picked regardless if he'd gone 20 games without a goal. Definitely. I mean, I wouldn't complain if other players were scoring. Like, if Alford, if it happens next season that he actually does get the first team call, Connor Hall or someone of that ilk gets the goals regularly, if they, if they, if they need that player to play off, I wouldn't mind signing them. We've got three and one um, for our final one from Andy Walton. So we'll do it one by one. 
Uh, first one is, will we pay a transfer fee this summer? Um, I wouldn't I have don't. thought so. And, uh, no, I don't think we will. Mm, it it's like wasting on investment, investment, isn't it? That's the problem. And the investment, if it does come, will probably come too late for it to be used in this transfer window. Yeah, yeah. of course. I would have thought we'd be sticking to the low market and the free agents, but um, you never know. We've paid the odd fee, no matter how small, for the likes of Philip Twardzik, if you remember. I think he was the last one we spent any money on. Yeah. If anybody knows whoever the rich side is that's supposed to be investing in our club, can you, can you tell him to get a move on, please? Um, second question. Will Connor Hall be given a chance? How many times have we got over this one? Yeah. <laughs> I think the resounding answer is we hope so. But well, that's about as far as we know. Um, do we have a say on that, Tom? I mean, I've watched him a couple of times. He certainly looks like a reasonable player with a, with a good prospect. You know, the, the guy looks... Uh, he's quick, uh, physical for someone who's not the tallest and certainly knows where the net is. He won't struggle for suitors, I wouldn't imagine, uh, but we are in a position where we can bargain, we can offer him, offer him something. I think a lot will tell in the coming weeks when more people get announced whether or not they're leaving or staying. Uh, I, I really hope he's one of the people that stay because at the club at the moment with Adam LaFondre, he's a very good role model, yeah. in my opinion, and a striker who can make it at this level. So for him, from his side, I think it would make sense to stay at a club where he's certainly got the fan backing at the moment and would uh, have good role models to possibly improve his career. Yeah, definitely. Do we think the issue is, is Parky with him, that he's just not a Parky player? You know, he's not a big target man. I'd, I'd, say, no, I'd say yes and no. Um, I, I'd say no because he did end up playing a lot, out a lot last season. and It wasn't really until the very last game that he switched back to Aaron Wilbram and stopped trying to play the passing style. But I'd also say yeah, yes because... I, I don't think he wants to play Connor Hall and Adam Lafondre together. This is but this that was suggested a lot, but because they're two, they are two similar players, whether we like it or not, only one of them re- realistically is going to get in the team. Do you get rid of the ever popular Alf to give Connor Hall a chance? I'm not sure. Possibly. Um, yeah. No. I I hope he gets a chance. You know, he, he's he's definitely proven himself, and you know, it's just a matter of time as to. As to when it happens, and I think as Rob mentioned last week, it's definitely a low risk signing as well because he's out of contract. Out. Doing that. Don't know. We'll see. Um, next one: Will our hard debt uh, finally overcome us, and we will will we still will we still have a club in 2019? God, it's got a bit serious now, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, isn't it? <laughs> Surely we're not as bad as we were in 2016, where we we're literally minutes away from administration. <laughs> I think it depends on whether or not the Andersons can secure investment because the Garibaldine transfer funded any moves that they made on deadline day and probably funded the wage bill up until the end of the season through the summer. Yeah. So they're going to have to find another, uh, they're going to have to put another rabbit out of the hat to be able to get some more um, transfer money. So it's a possibility that I don't think we can ignore, but I think at some stage he's going to have to cut his losses and sell to whoever is available. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to put any more of his money into a club that, let's be honest, while he funds and claims that you know there is some affinity there, really from him it's a business. And at the moment, his business is losing money. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think we're all right at the minute, but um, I think it is a bit of a ticking time bomb. You know, as you say, if we can't get any investment, so um, I would have thought we'd still have a club next year. I hope so. Ian, what I do you say we did? They, they always survive, like, clubs. Like, I know it's going to sound like a really stupid thing to say, but a club the size of Bolton always survives. You know, like like Sunderland have tumbled down the divisions, but they never quite go. There'll, there'll be a club there. I don't know what state we'll be in, but there, there'll be a club there. Um, and then we've got one final one, which is a bit of a funny one from one of my friends, Robbie Holmes. Uh, would you rather have hands for feet or feet for hands? <laughs> <laughs> Up to you to answer that one. Sounds like a Tinder first question. It does. You can tell it's been a slow news day. That's how bad transfer stories are. <laughs> <laughs> no, there isn't much happening at the minute, is there? I mean, there's been a lot of unrest on Twitter with everyone saying, you know, we're suspiciously quiet. Uh, you know, there's been no sign of pre-season either. That was the next thing I was going to touch on. Um, there's one thing I just wanted to touch on there that I raised from the release list, that Aaron Wilbraham wasn't in the release list. What do we think of that? I'm absolutely petrified. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because some of the players are either on holiday or, as you said, possibly being renegotiated, but... Um, I don't think anyone wants to have the conversation with him. That's the thing. <laughs> I, I think I think it's cautionary at this point. I think we want to see what kind of strikers they can bring in. If, if we do have to have him on for another year, then that tells you what kind of state that we're in, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, God help us. If, if you compare the two, you know, if you say that you know Parky has a, a list of players that he'd like to keep, and then you go up to Andersons and they say, well, we have a player, a list of players that we'd like to keep. You know, how, how different would you think those two would be, or Draken? They're about the same, or I think there'd be some compromise in between both of them. I don't think. I mean, I'm, I'm making sound Parky sound really one-dimensional, but I think Parky would like more physically demanding players up top and around the team, whereas I think the Andersons would like a few more passing-based players to appease the fans a bit more. Mm. So. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's probably Parkinson's decision. You know, I'm not saying that Anderson has the ability to overrule any of that, but obviously they've got to compromise, you know, on wages and and so on. Um, but you know, um, I think we're probably due the next section of it at some point this week. Um, so we even have a big enough squad to have too much difference in those two lists. But we don't even have enough players on two different lists. No, I was going to say. I mean, I. I I would have thought that, you know, that they'll have mostly the same, you know, with one or two differences. Mm. Um, but, you know, those one or two differences could be the difference between everyone being a bit annoyed and everyone being a bit like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah. The only other thing that I was going to touch on, which is something slightly different out of the blue, um, I, I, it's quite a popular thing, it seems to be, on, on Twitter anyway, is talking about the kits um, and kit numbers. Um I think we had a, a couple of weird ones this year, um, but at the same time, you know, obviously we had Alf coming back as number nine and so on. Um, Chris Taylor's Chris Taylor's finally vacated the number seven. Um, you know, is there anyone you'd like to see change numbers? Um, you know, or, or whether you know that that that's a big thing at the minute, or would you say no? Well, I think we've got to focus on which players we have at the squad to wear any numbers. That's yeah. the thing it's going to be very difficult to know anything like that until we can actually 
together squad yeah. together. I mean, what, what's Barkley now? He, he's seven, Newton's 12, possibly Newton could then become an incumbent to the number seven shirt if he stays on at the club and race as well. Yeah. You know, we've we, we, we just got to hope that we've got the funds to be able to keep on these players who could certainly yeah. do a job for us. And I, I just think that it's one of those where you're not wrong with the Aaron Wilbraham analogy if we still at the club come uh, to the start of pre-season that we know where we are financially and it's a damning damning statement indeed yeah of course I think you know that was just one to touch on but obviously it isn't a priority at the minute but um, yeah players can wear whatever kit numbers they want as long as they do the job on the pitch that's that's my opinion I think to an extent it's satisfying when there's 1 to 11 you know but I I can't remember the last time we had that (laughs) well I don't think we've necessarily got all the divas at the club anymore who are going to flip out because they haven't got their proper number no exactly I remember a fair few stories about I think it's Paolo Future at West Ham who refused to play and went home because he wasn't allowed to wear number seven when he signed. <laughs> yeah. no, unless I see David Wheaton not have 31 on the back anymore, I don't care what the kit numbers are. <laughs> I think that's the only one that's picky, you know, it's Wheaton and I think Alpha's quite set on getting that number nine, but I, I don't know if anyone's about to take that off. And, um, so, yeah. Um, anything else anyone wants to add? Um uh, I was quite keen. I mean, I, I don't know when this will this will go out, but uh, hopefully soon. Mark Hart was saying that in uh, in the paper, the Monday paper, that there was going to be mention of um, a transfer target. The details of which are pretty sketchy, but you know, saying that it might be close. I was wondering if you guys think that's going to be Eric Lehigh and what you think of him as a signing. I I actually kind of wanted to touch on Eric Lehigh because I is I can't remember is he a left or a right back? Right back. Right back, oh good. Just anything to kick Stephen Darby out of the team. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think he'd do a job. I, he'd he'd be more of the a better defensive moulds compared to Mark Little. So it, it's just another option, Sab, isn't it? I think yeah. Would, would you say that Lee High's the kind of player who might be able to take Little's spot from him, or would you be more of the school of thinking that he won't definitely in the team? Um, I'd quite like Little in the team, but I, I don't think there's any harm in having some competition because obviously Derby doesn't offer any. Um, but no, I, I'd, I'd be welcome to it. I wouldn't be surprised if it was him that, that's being spoken about. Obviously, he's been doing the Browns. I don't know how much of an influence Stuart Holden has you know, supposedly been. <laughs> he's certainly that, trying but, his best, isn't he? Oh, of course, he's blessed. To be fair, I would definitely take a gamble. I mean, we've had quite good luck with signings from the US, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> It amazes me the reputation that Tim Reams managed to cultivate for himself playing in that volunteer. Possibly. You know, as you say, if the details are sketchy, I wouldn't have thought that it would be, you know, Chungi or anyone like that, or McGoldrick, you know, anyone that we've been linked with previously. So, um, But no, Lee, I was definitely one that I'd be happy to take on, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. It's not the most exciting signing, but at this point, I think fans would take A signing in general. Yeah. Ian? Yeah, it's, it's been very slow thus far, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah as long as we don't get John Flanagan back, then, like, Eric Lee Jesus Christ, I'd rather have Stephen Darby over John Flanagan. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the worst thing coming to the number 14 shirts I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a solid championship operator, and, and Mark, Mark Little is fantastic going forward, but he has been found one defensively in some games. Mm. So, like, I, 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 yeah, not, not a glamorous signing, but one I'd definitely take. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, as I touched on uh, briefly earlier, I was just saying that the next podcast um, will possibly have uh, some special guests on, um, as requested. 
So you might see Stump Peg make an appearance. Um, as I said, Tommy Rothwell and I'm sure Mark Howells will be willing to join us at some point too. Um, obviously, we're open to suggestions and you know we appreciate the feedback that we get from the podcast. So if anyone's got anything that they'd like to add or if you know we could possibly make a monthly you know, appearance of somebody who'd like to come on, um, then, you know, we're always open to ideas. But unless there's anything else to be said, it's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, James. Goodbye, Will. <laughs> goodbye, Ian. Goodbye, Will and everyone. Good night. Um, and you can Bring on the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at the line of the NSD. Um, Tom, where can we find you? I know you're a bit reluctant, but go on. Promo. <laughs> uh, if, if you're interested in uh, brief Bolton Wanderers news and uh, some fairly forthright opinions, then my Twitter handle is DJ14Wanderer. Nice one. Ian, what's yours? I, I don't really think mine's even worth following, but it's rosab 89 I think. There you go. And James, you've already plugged yours, but go on, you can have another... Oh, cheers, man. <laughs> yeah, it, now, if you want, if you want weird opinions or just to be fairly a mixed bag of whether it's good or not, then uh, real James Jarvis. <laughs> good stuff. And you can follow me at wi1lj. And if that's all to be said, then set that v.